1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognise the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognise the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete amongst us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they, can, whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Thanks, Margaret. Uh, well, um, everything old is new again, as they say, and we've uh, lived all of us long enough to see things come and go and be refreshed and changed uh, in just a slightly different way. We've seen that uh, with everything um, from uh, food to clothing to who knows what. uh, Old things uh, come back in uh, and they're new again. Uh, And last week we saw that the command to love one another was both a new command and an old command. It's nothing like the same way. Uh, it's not just coming in and out of fashion, uh, but it's, uh, it was an old command because they'd had it from the time of Moses 
uh, 2,000 years before Jesus came uh, and it was a new command because uh, of the way that Jesus fulfilled it perfectly uh, and demonstrated what it really means uh, to love uh, one another. Jesus uh, encapsulates the command to love others uh, in his way that he serves them uh, and mostly in his death, in his sacrificial death. Uh, And so there's a sense in which that old command, uh, that command to love, is new. Uh, It has a new look uh, in what Jesus has done. Jesus makes it uh, complete in his love for all of us uh, in his sacrificial death. Uh, And so then at the end of chapter 3, in verse uh, 23, John kind of rephrases those two greatest commands that we saw, to love God and to love others, uh, and he does it like this. Uh, And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. So in chapter 4, he goes on, uh, he elaborates on this and that's what we'll see tonight. In the first section in verses 1 to 6, uh, he expands on what it means to believe uh, in, the, in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And then in the second section, uh, he returns to the subject of loving one another. Uh, You'll notice in 3.23 that in the way that uh, John's phrased it, he speaks of believing in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, in the place of the command to love God, to love the Father. So the command, uh, when uh, the the, the old command that was given, love the Lord your God with all your heart uh, and all your soul and all your mind, uh, was to love God. And John phrases it like this. This is a command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another. So he's, uh, John's expressed it uh, so that in place of speaking about loving God, he talks about believing in the name of Jesus. It's sort of funny, uh, but one of John's main themes is to show that to know Jesus is to know the Father. To love him is to love the Father. We can't claim to love God but reject Jesus as his son. To know one, uh, to know one of them is to love one, is to love the other. To love one is to love the other. Yeah, he goes even further in this and he says that loving God means trusting in his son, in the name of his son Jesus. He says that in place of the command to love one another, we cannot, that the way that we love God is to believe in the name of his son, Jesus. Those who believe him, those who believe in Jesus, are in him, they're united with Christ. And that's what we saw a couple of weeks ago uh, when we looked at chapter 2. If you look quickly back at uh, chapter 2, verse 20 to 26, uh, it says this, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, 
See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. Those who are in Christ, who remain in the Father and the Son, are the ones who have eternal life. And what else does he say about them there? He says they are the ones who have the anointing from the Holy One, the gift of the Spirit, in verse 20. They're the ones who don't deny Christ. They don't deny that Jesus is Lord. Instead, they acknowledge him. See in verse 23, uh, that those that acknowledge the Son have the Father and that they are the ones who have his anointing, uh, the gift of the Spirit. Now that might seem like a bit of a red herring, uh, but if you come back to chapter 4, we actually see the same thing. Well, actually 3 verse 24 The way that we know we are in the Father and the Son is by the Spirit that he gave us. See that there? This is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit that he gave us. Uh, In the next couple of verses in chapter 4, remember that John didn't actually put the chapter and verse numbers in there. They've been added later on. Uh, So chapter 4 really is just following on from that verse. So in the next couple of verses... Uh, John goes on to explain really what that means, which is just as well, isn't it? Uh, And explain what it will look like. Because, um, you know, it's all very well to say we'll know it by the spirit he gives us, but what does that mean? What does it look like? What does it mean that we will know it um, by the spirit he gives us? Uh, And John's answer, I think, might surprise us. He says, dear friends, Do not believe in every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have come have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognise the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. How can we recognise the Spirit of God? Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. We can recognise the spirit of God because he acknowledges Jesus. We can recognise him in ourselves, the spirit in ourselves, as we acknowledge and believe that Jesus Christ is God's son in the flesh. We can recognise God's spirit in others because that is what they believe and that is what they will say. John's very clear here. We're not looking for signs and wonders or speaking in tongues. We're not looking for, you know, a halo around our heads or some other magical thing. We're looking for the acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is God's Son in the flesh. It's that simple. Uh, Probably in your Bible you'll see that uh, spirit is sometimes spelt uh, with a capital S and sometimes with just a lowercase s. Uh, When it was written, they didn't use capitals for proper nouns like we do now, uh, or we do in English. Uh, And the word spirit just means spirit or breath. So it can mean any spirit or the spirit of God, which we often then will call the Holy Spirit. In our Bibles, they try to work out what it is uh, by the context, uh, and they will put in a capital S uh, sometimes to help us so we know which one uh, is being spoken of. Uh, But here I think it's important in this verse to see that actually they're all spirits. 
Each one speaks through people. There's the spirit of God and there's evil spirits or the spirit of the Antichrist in verse 4. The spirit of God acknowledges Jesus. The other spirits are the false prophets who go out. They don't have God's spirit. They have the spirit of the world and they don't acknowledge Jesus as Christ. The spirit of um, the Antichrist is around. That's kind of a weird thing to think about too, isn't it? But it tries to get people to look away from Christ. There are those around us who want to take us away from Jesus. We need to look out for them, but we don't need to fear them because God's spirit has overcome the spirit of the world, as we see in that next little verse. In John's Revelation, uh, the last book in our Bible is also written by the same author. Uh, The main theme uh, is that Christ has won the victory over evil. The battle is won, he is overcome. We don't need to fear the other spirits, uh, but we do need to recognise them. And the way that we recognise them is by whether or not they profess uh, that, and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. I remember back in John's Gospel, uh, chapters 14 to 16, we've looked at a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. Jesus promises to, to his disciples that he will send his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, just as an aside, uh, Jesus refers to the spirit as being sent by God, being God's spirit. But he also says that Jesus will send him. And that's why when we say the Nicene Creed in church, we say uh, we believe in the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Proceeds just means he comes from. Uh, He is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of the Son. Um, But anyway, at the end of John 16, in verse 33, he says, uh, I have told you these things and that's really that he will send the Spirit, so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And there's a similarity of language there in John 16 uh, and here, and, and the similarity as well that is his main concern. His main concern is that God overcomes evil uh, in Jesus. His Spirit overcomes the spirits of the world is people need not fear because they have the spirit who has overcome, who is the victor. Uh, And again, the evidence is the response to Jesus uh, and to John, his apostle. Those who have God's spirit, uh, we see uh, in verse 6, are those who will listen and those who don't have God's spirit will not. Uh, And then in the rest of chapter 4, John speaks again of uh, our love for one another. This really is to expand on that second part of the commandment. Uh, uh, Love one another as he has has commanded us in 3.23. He expands on that, talking about what it means for us uh, to love one another. And John also, and the other thing that John makes clear here is that it's also a manifestation uh, of God's Spirit in us. So it's an expression of our of God's command to us, but it's also the impact of the Spirit uh, in us. So in verse in chapter four, uh, verses thirteen to sixteen, John says that the Spirit of God brings us to testify that we acknowledge that Jesus. 
bring sorry the spirit of, of god in us brings us to testify that so that we acknowledge that jesus is the son of god he says this this is how we know that we live in him and he in us he has given us of his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world if anyone acknowledges that jesus is the son of god god, li- god lives in him and they in god Note what he says next. And so we, rely, we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God's spirit in us means that we testify that Jesus is, the Lord, is Lord. And God's spirit in us means that we rely on God's love. We rest in it. We trust it. And because of that, we'll love others so come back to verse 7 he says dear friends let us love one another for love comes from god everyone who loves has been born of god and knows god whoever does not love does not know god because god is love this is how god showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is love Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. We've been shown... uh, God's love we've experienced the tremendous depths of God's love in his sending his son for us it's not our love for God that's what counts in verse 10 but his love for us his love for us his love for us in sending Jesus as a sacrifice it's out of the wonderful generosity uh, of God's love for us that we're able to love others listen again to verse 11 dear friends since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. It's because God has loved us first that we can love him at all and it's because of his love for us that we can and must love others. Uh, and then in verse 12 we get a sense of how significant that is. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. It's not that God love is somehow incomplete or insufficient uh, and he needs us to finish it but the total fulfillment and outworking of God's love uh, of God's love for us in Christ is fulfilled and completed uh, as his love for us and his being in us our unity with him makes us love like he does his love reaches its intended goal when we love others This is made even more clear when we get to verse 17 where he says, This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world we are like Jesus. God's love is complete. It's complete among us when we are like his son. That's how it expresses uh, itself in our love for others. This shows, so his love for us, our love for others, shows our union with Jesus. Uh, and it shows his spirit's work in us. 
And that's why we have confidence on Judgment Day. Uh, Remember what he said earlier, the work of the Spirit in us means that we acknowledge Christ as Lord. That's why there's no fear in love. When we really know uh, God's love for us, there is nothing to fear. God's love has sacrificed his son for us. We have no need to fear on Judgment Day when we know that love. And remember this. This is John's goal in writing this letter, that they will know that they have eternal life, that they will know that they have nothing to fear at judgment because their life is in Christ. So if we go back to the earlier part of this section, notice that John wants his readers to be very clear on the nature of Jesus' love and on the significance of Jesus' death. Uh, His death is a demonstration of love, love which they are to copy and to practice in the way that they love each other. But it's not just that. It is that as an example for them to copy and to practice, but it's not just that. Jesus' death uh, is the atoning sacrifice to sin. This again is something that John's hammered home uh, through this letter. Uh, John, I think, seems to think that they're at risk of forgetting one or both of those things uh, to focusing either on so much on on following the example of love that they forget the call to obedience and the need for forgiveness or to focus so much on the transaction of forgiveness that they forget love. The Bible is a very uh, honest and real book. Uh, It understands human nature. Uh, by which uh, we really mean sinful nature, don't we? Uh, have you noticed that when we uh, talk about things being just human nature, uh, what we mostly mean is sin uh, and selfishness. Uh, our sinful nature, our natural self-seeking and self-validating and self-glorifying that's hard to let go of. Uh, but the Bible understands that we, it's hard for us to let go of that and it understands that we find it hard to hold those two things together. We find it hard to hold love and truth. Our tendency is either to compromise love in favour of truth or to compromise truth in favour of love. And Some of us uh, are most comfortable with rules uh, and clear fences. Our temptation is to hold our correct position harshly Uh, to fail to care for people uh, in our eagerness to do what is right. Uh, And on the other hand, I think some of us don't want boundaries at all. Uh, We're so keen to love everyone that we will compromise right and truth uh, for love at all costs. But in Jesus, God does both. His love means he is gracious to us, but his justice means uh, that the truth must be upheld. He doesn't say... Uh, You've all stuffed up, but it doesn't matter. I love you, so we'll just forget about it. Uh, He says, you've all stuffed up, but I love you, so I've dealt with it. The cost has been paid uh, and you're forgiven. And this is the costly love that he calls us to. It's not a love that is self-serving, but a love that serves others. That's how Jesus loves. Uh, This passage uh, is often read at weddings, Uh, And as a basis for marriage, God's love for us in Jesus uh, and his atoning sacrifice and the call to love like he does are great things to be reminded of. Uh, But this 
passage is not talking about some sort of soppy romantic love. It's love that puts aside my own needs for the needs of those that I love. Uh, I recently spent some time with a young couple who were trying to decide whether to get married or not and their question seemed to be, uh, do we love each other enough? Now, uh, that's not the question here, is it? Now, there are all sorts of uh, wisdom things and other things to think through in answering the question of whether or not to uh, be married. Uh, but it's not a question uh, of whether we love each other enough. This passage is an instruction to us to love, uh, to love like Jesus, which will always be enough. John concludes this section uh, like this. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. John uh, is very keen on opposites as we've seen throughout this letter and in his gospel. Light and darkness, truth and lies, life and death, love and hate, obedience and disobedience. And here he uses this, that sort of stark language to challenge the way that we love our brothers and sisters. God's love for us means that we love others. If we do not love our brothers and sisters, we hate them. Now that's a word we, don't, we would never think we hate someone, do we? Well, maybe. Um, but John's saying if we don't love in the way that Jesus loves us, we hate them. John just only is speaking, he's, he wants us to see how important it is to love like Jesus does. If we don't do that, we're hating them. And we, of course, would never want to think that we hate someone. But if we don't love like Jesus does, that's what he says that we are doing. We can justify, I don't actually hate them, I just don't like them very much. I love them, but I don't want to be anywhere near them and I certainly don't want to help them. Uh, but John says if we don't love like Jesus does, uh, we hate them and we cannot, we cannot love God. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Our love for our brother and sister is actually a measure uh, of our love for God. They're strong words, but again, it's not up to us. We'll never do it perfectly and we'll never do it by sheer force of our own will. We love because we have the Spirit of God. And I say, I'm so encouraged by you guys and the way that you love each other, by your love for Ali's friend that you don't even know, by your love for one another in hard things and in good things, by the way that you, you care for each other. You put yourselves out for each other and you, you love each other as Jesus loves. And, you know, we're a motley crew, aren't we? We wouldn't be here if we weren't sisters in Christ. We're united in Jesus and that's why uh, you love each other. And that's a great blessing and encouragement. And it's because he first loved us. We don't love because we're nice or good. We love because we have the Spirit of God and because God first loved us. Let's thank him for that.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us in Jesus. We thank you uh, that your love has paid the penalty for our sin in Jesus' death. We thank you that you did not uh, hold that back, but that you have given your son uh, for us. Thank you that his death and his resurrection bring our forgiveness. And thank you that we have his spirit. Thank you that we are able to testify and acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Father, I pray that you will work by your spirit in us uh, and grow us in love for each other uh, and for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us to reflect your love for us in the way that we love others uh, and to love them uh, in a way that will draw them to you. In Jesus' name, amen.